Good morning. Guys, I'm probably going to be a little longer than 15 minutes. If you want to sit down, you're welcome to, or you can stay up there. Uh, need you to bear with me just a minute. You're probably going to lose me in the camera, but that's all right. I'll be right back. I need to, I'm not even sure this will work, but we're going to try it. You ever, you ever see a trot line? Well, come on. It ain't going nowhere. It's tied off. It's good. See if we have enough string. There is a point to this. Uh, turn to First John while I'm doing this. Chapter 1. Okay. Let's see how that holds up. Can you see that? That's pink. That's so pretty. All right, 1 John chapter 1, chapter 1. Uh, I, um, I, I don't even remember how I ended up in 1 John. But I just know that whenever I saw this, and when the Lord began to reveal it to me, I got really excited. It just encouraged me for some of the things I was going through, some of the things I was dealing with. And so I just want to share them with you this morning. Uh, Let's just read it first. What was from the beginning? You understand the beginning wasn't the beginning. There was something before the beginning. And he said, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And then in verse 4, he tells us why he's telling us those things, okay? These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Not just your joy, not just my joy, but that our joy 
might be made complete. Now, when the Lord shows you something and it brings joy to your heart, it's just, I don't know how to describe that. You you can only experience it to know. You know, it's like the lights come on and and you see things you never saw before and and it's like it doesn't even need an explanation. It's just like it drops in your heart and explodes and, and, and joy. I mean, and that comes from enjoying the Lord. When you enjoy the Lord, joy is a byproduct of that. And it's one thing to have that joy and experience it yourself. But there's something that makes the joy complete when you get to share it with somebody and they have the lights come on. Then there's a completeness in that. Wow, I didn't know that I needed someone else to enjoy that with me. And that's how the body works. And so he's saying, I, I'm, I'm writing these things so that our joy may be, ple- may be complete. And I'm going to summarize it, and then we're going to come back at it. What he's basically saying is, I experienced something. He says, I experienced something. And he said, I am still experiencing something. And he says, I want you to experience it as well. And if you do, along with me, our joy will be filled up. It'll be made complete. He describes what he experienced and what he has encountered with the Lord. And he said, I, I'm still experiencing it. it. Wasn't just whenever he was here, it's it's ongoing. And I want you to experience it. Because if you'll experience it, then our joy will be made complete. Now, when it comes to the well-being of our soul, perspective is everything. I mean, it's, it's just everything. When it comes to the well-being of my soul, perspective is everything. How I view people, how I view circumstances, has much more to do with the condition of my heart than anything that life actually hands me. Okay? It's how I view it, how I perceive it to be. I mean, we have... We have a book absolutely filled with awesome promises and instruction and, and, and expressions of God's glory in his work. And no people on the earth should be more filled with joy than believers. But if our perspective of life, if our perspective of these things doesn't align with this, then that joy escapes us. How we see the Christian life determines how we live the Christian life. This doesn't determine how we live the Christian life. If it did, we'd all be giants in the Lord. We'd be full of joy. We would be just excited minute by minute about the Lord. 
But how I perceive this is what determines what my Christian life is like. Living with Christ, living the Christ life, has the potential to produce the most joyful people on the earth. It has the potential. If we see it the way it's supposed to be. And I'm not talking about some pseudo-spiritual, make-believe joy. Everything's fine. I'm not talking about pretending. I'm talking about a joy that wells up from the inside because I am seeing God's perspective instead of my own perspective of, of things. We get so consumed with the existence of life that we miss the love and the joy that the Father has for us. I'm talking about real joy that comes from enjoying the Lord and all he's done and being able to rejoice in him for his continued goodness he demonstrates to us. Think about this. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. We didn't have to clean ourselves up for our sins to be forgiven. Cleaning ourselves up in order to be forgiven is like taking a handy wipe and trying to wash ourselves up right before we take a shower. It's futile. But our sins are forgiven. We've been cleansed from all unrighteousness. Our name is in the Lamb's book of life. We're guaranteed heaven by being sealed in the Holy Spirit. That's good stuff. God is not distant, but he's indwelling. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. We've been rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. But if we don't live in that perspective, we lose our joy. Okay? We lose that joy. Now, here's what's interesting. John says here, it starts before the beginning of time. Now, if you can, this string represents eternity. I hope I had enough to go all the way across the room, but just play like, okay? Play like it goes all the way across the room, out the door, and forever. Now, don't think too long on that or you'll go crazy because we can't grasp that. But this is what eternity is. It goes no beginning, no end. John says, before there was a beginning, there was something going on. Before there was time, there was something going on. Now, this right here is going to represent time. Let's just put it right here. Okay, Time is a, play like this chair is not here, okay. Time is defined... Eternity has no beginning and no end. Time 
has a beginning. And Revelations 10 tells us it has an end. Okay? Time has a beginning and it has an end. Now, to scale all of the time we have from the beginning of the earth until the end of the earth in comparison to eternity would be more like this. I mean, it's just a blip. How it really is. And so he says there was something that was taking place before there was any time, before there was any fixed or definite season. And in this time, in this little space here, right here, man came on the scene. Okay? in that particular place. And Scripture tells us that because of the fall, man became completely focused and consumed with this little bitty space right here. Here's all of eternity. And man's focused on this blip right here. And being focused on this little blip right here, he makes himself the center of that blip. It's all about me. He's focused solely on what he can experience in this little blip right here, which is basically his senses, what he can taste, smell, hear, see, or what's the other one? Feel. Yeah, those things. He's centered entirely on himself. He's thinking there is nothing else to existence but this right here. That's all there is. John comes along and he says, something of eternity, something of eternity was manifested right in here. Something of eternity was revealed right in here. Something of eternity showed itself right in here, and in showing itself, it says, there's more to life than this. What do you think that was? What do you think it was? Well, the answer is Jesus. Jesus broke through the curtain of time and eternity, and he manifested something that was existing over here before there ever was this. That's what John's saying. Before time, Jesus broke through the curtain of eternity and came to reveal to us what was taking place in eternity. Now, what was taking place in eternity? God is still spirit. He's still spirit. And he dwells in unapproachable light. Still. Jesus came and said, this is what this is like. 
And he showed us that it's possible to fellowship with this and not get struck dead. Jesus was having fellowship with the Father before there was ever time. And he came and revealed to us, this is what's been taking place in eternity. Me, the Father, and the Spirit, we've been fellowshipping. We've been sharing life. We've been sharing purpose. We've been sharing all of eternity. Now, what they do, I don't have a clue. Except I do know they loved each other unconditionally. They were one in their purpose and in their existence. And they fellowshiped among themselves. And in doing that, God's glory was revealed. Said, this is God right here. Jesus came to explain the Father and to demonstrate that it's possible to have fellowship with God and not be struck dead. That's why John says in John 1, not 1 John 1, but in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. Okay? What's a word? Word is a visible expression of an invisible thought. You don't know what I'm thinking till I put a word to it, and then that reveals what was invisible in my head. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. God is invisible. He is a spirit. He's unapproachable in the natural. Jesus came to reveal what the Father was. He came to manifest the invisible. And John says, I had fellowship with him. And in having fellowship with him, I had fellowship with the Father. And in fellowshipping with the Father, I had fellowshipping with the Spirit. I was invited and participated in something that was taking place way before there ever was time. He's included me. He's invited me into that. Now, the word fellowship, Joni brought this up, I think, a week or so ago. Fellowship just means sharing in common. It means the sharing of eternal life, the life that Jesus had before creation. It's sharing of eternal purpose. Here, Jesus fellowshiped with the Father. They shared a life eternal life. And that life flowed between them. And he fellowshiped in that. They shared that. And they shared a purpose. And he did that before time. And him coming was to say, here's what was taking place before. And I am inviting you to participate in it. I'm inviting you to be a part of it. I'm inviting you to step out of this meager existence where everything consists of you, where everything is about you, where the only thing you can experience is what your senses tell you, and I am inviting you to participate in something that took place before anything that's here ever got here. It must have freaked the angels out. You're going to do what? Now, 
Not only did Jesus reveal what was taking place in eternity, but while he was here, he removed every hindrance that existed in keeping us from being able to fellowship with the Father. He removed everything that kept us from being able to fellowship with the Father. There's no reason, there's no excuse, there's nothing in time that can keep us from having fellowship with the Father. Jesus removed all of the obstacles. Now, here's what I believe John's saying. I experienced on earth what was already existent in eternity. Okay? I experienced on earth something that was already taking place in eternity. Jesus came and showed us in time what was already taking place in eternity. I'm going somewhere with this, so hang on. I mean, this is just the front porch, okay? Jesus came and showed us what was taking place in eternity. He invited us to participate in what he and the Father and the Spirit were were doing before they ever created anything. And if you choose to participate in that as well, our joy will be made complete. Before time, Jesus shared eternal life with the Father. He came in order to share that life with me. Now, when I live, here's what we've done. We have confined the Christian life to this space right here. We've said it's all about what I can do. It's all about how I act. It's all about what I believe. It's all about going through the rituals. It's all about keeping the law. It's all about keeping the commandments. And we have confined it to this little space right here. John says, no, no, no. It was before time. You know who the first Christian was? God. God. He was the first to have God life. That's what makes us a Christian, is God's life lives in us. He was a Christian before we ever had a Christian. And he's inviting us to come and be a part of what he's been doing since eternity. That gives me cause to rejoice. I can rejoice knowing when it's all over, I can rejoice knowing when this red one gets here, and that's the end of time, no matter how horrible it's been here, we win. We win. Enemy, evil doesn't prevail. Satan doesn't overthrow God. We win. I can rejoice in that. Man, have that. No matter. We win. Read the book, man. We win. I can rejoice in that. I can rejoice knowing I'm part of something eternal. 
I'm not confined to this little blip right here. I can rejoice in that. I can rejoice knowing I am part of something beyond human reasoning. Now, if that offends you, you're not going to rejoice. If you're, if you're one that you have to have it all understood and have to have it all figured out and have to have all of your ducks in a row and it all explained, you're not going to rejoice in that. You might be a little upset that things are going on that you don't know about. But if you don't mind relinquishing control, we can rejoice that I am a part of something that's beyond human reasoning. I'm, I can rejoice in knowing that this is not all there is. This isn't all there is. Our light affliction is but for a moment. It works a far more eternal weight of glory in eternity. This is not all there is. You see, if I think this is all there is, and I'm taking my worldview from Fox News, CNN, the culture, television. This is all there is. And the posture is, because this is all there is, get all you can. Hold on to it. This is not all there is. There is something beyond that that's bigger than me. I can rejoice knowing I have hope based beyond something in time. I've got an eternal hope. I can rejoice knowing I am part of something that really matters. Get that. I am part of something that really matters. What is it? When Jesus was on earth, he prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in eternity. Let me phrase that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in eternity as it is in time. And he manifested what that looks like. I am part of something that matters. I am part of something. It doesn't matter about my education. It doesn't matter that how sophisticated I am. I am connected. I share life with the Father, and I am a part of something that matters in time. How foolish of us to ignore this invitation to participate in an eternal life and purpose and confine our existence to time and what we can understand and feel with our senses. We have done that with the Christian life. We've done that with how we live the Christian life. How foolish to view our time on earth through the eyes of the news or culture or senses and not through the eyes of God's eternity. How foolish to reduce this awesome fellowship with the Father, the Son. How foolish to reduce this awesome fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit to rules and commandments and traditions and laws. 
and say that the Christian life consists of doing the right thing, acting a certain way. The Christian life consists of fellowshipping with the Father, the Son, and Spirit that existed before there was ever time. And he invited us to be a part of that. I can rejoice in that. That is awesome. That is so cool. What an exciting realization to understand that God wants to include us in something eternal. We have this picture of eternal life. Well, we have to die to get eternal life. No, eternal life is what you have right now when you receive Christ. You are living in eternity. This is irrelevant. Let it end. Let it end. That doesn't mean that we don't want to influence this realm. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done now and here, not after heaven. This is what we do now, but this has no bearing on how we walk. Someone said, what if you do if what would you do if you knew this was your last day on earth? Well, I hope you're doing what you need to be doing now, and the last day don't matter. Because if you're going to play catch-up, guess what? You don't have enough time. But if my heart in this is to do the will of the king, that the kingdom can come here, whether this is here or not is irrelevant. That's what I'm doing. I'm walking in that. He's invited us to participate in that. We can rejoice in something that elevates us above the earthly, the natural, and the temporary. Something that took place before time, and we still get to be a part of it. Let me show you something. This, this got me started. I went back and, and, and read Ecclesiastes. You've got to go read that. You might as well be reading today's newspaper. You need to read it. Ecclesiastes, it's in the Bible, right after Psalms, okay, Ecclesiastes. There's a phrase that's used in Ecclesiastes 28 times, and it is always connected to vanity, emptiness, nothingness. You know what that phrase is? Under the sun. Under the sun. What's he referring to? Time. The time that we're under the sun, the time that we're, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, the centuries, the decades, the time that we're under the sun. And he says it's vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And he tries to find fulfillment in all of the things that we've looked for. I mean, uh, if you want me to alliterate it, it's, Laughter, liquor, luxury, luxury, learning, and lust. You can preach that, okay? That'll preach. All the things that we're looking to find fulfillment in, you might add to that religion. 
will be empty over time. Every time you see that Christian life as about you keeping the rules and you doing good and how you're doing and comparing how are you doing, right? Well, no, I don't want you doing too good because you'd be doing better than me. And I don't want to improve because if I'm going to improve, I've got to be wrong for what I'm doing and I don't want to be wrong. Confined to this. He is inviting us and including us in something that is eternity. In Ecclesiastes, over and over again, 28 times, says it's vanity. There's nothing under the sun that brings fulfillment. What's the answer? Before the sun. Before there was a sun. After there was a sun. After Jesus was the light and we didn't need the sun. That's where we look, and that's what God has invited us to participate in and be a part of. And we get so, whenever we make it all about rules and we make it all about, you know, performance and all about doing the right thing, we wake up in the morning and we ask, is this all there is? Is this all there is? I've been there. This all there is? Just, you know, day in, day out. And then you ask, does it really matter? Does it really matter? Well, Jesus said, this isn't all there is. And he said, it does matter. When we embrace the concept, he's called me to fellowship with his son, to be obedient that his kingdom can come on earth as it is doing in eternity. Seeing life as fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit lifts me out of time's hold. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about being so heavenly good, uh, so heavenly minded you're no earthly good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what happens in eternity is to impact what happens in time. But I'm not at the mercy of time to find my joy, to find my success, to find my peace, because it comes from being invited to be a part of something else. Joy is found as I enjoy Christ and enjoy his purpose. And my joy is complete when you find that. Nothing better than watching lights come on. Nothing better than being able to share what the Lord's done in you and, and, and somebody rejoice with you and have joy in that. You know, but if we're going to be comparing, well, God, why did you do that with her and not with me? Well, I don't have that God. Why, that didn't happen to me when I was... It doesn't matter. What's God doing now in me and in you? And I can rejoice in that. My encouragement to you is this. You've been called, we've been called to something much higher than this little blip right here. We've been called to eternal life, to fellowship with someone that is eternal, to take that eternity and live it here and to rejoice in the one who made that possible. There are no hindrances to doing that. There's not. Sin's not a hindrance. Nothing is a hindrance. Hell's not a hindrance. The devil's not a hindrance. 
The only thing that keeps me from doing it is I continue to want to live in here. My choice, my perspective. When I see it as what God's done and what he wants to do, that brings joy to my heart. It helps with those mundane, boring days where there's nothing to do, you know. You've, like you've exhausted all there is of God. I know everything about him there is to know. It's so boring now. It's eternal. Okay? Any questions? Paul. Hang on, let me throw this to you. I'll get in trouble if I don't hand this to you. So I know you've been toting this string around for about a month. So I'm assuming there are just real-life practical application of this that you've seen in this perspective. Can you share some of that? You know the answer to that. You're nosy already. (laughs) I... I came to a point a couple of months ago that I asked that question. Is this all there is? Have I said everything I needed to say? Have I done everything I needed to do? Does me being here even matter? And It was a real struggle. But between what God began to work into my heart and the word that Brandon had, it released that. And it gave me encouragement. And it reminded me, it's not what's in front of you. It reminded me, it's not this little space right here. Father still has you here. He has something for you. Now, it may not look like what it looked like before. And we're all having to deal with that. I I understand that. Me, Joni, what does that look like? Well, I don't know what to tell you. And you've heard that answer before. All I know is there's a fresh joy in my heart that I am still part of something. Eternal. Retirement ain't in the books. Change of venue, maybe. But God's not through with me. And so it just brought encouragement to my heart. And, it, and when I read this, I thought, that's what I've been feeling. And that's why the joy rose up in my heart. As I saw, it's eternal what I'm doing. It's not just earthbound. And so for me, that's, there's been a fresh joy in my heart, a fresh excitement of what God's going to do next. And, and it's, made, it's required some hard choices that we're all having to deal with. I understand that. And, uh, but I want what's eternal. I don't want time space. I want what God has forever. Is that making sense? And, I, and I, I have a sense that some of us have weighed our Christian life that way. Is this all there is? 
another book, another tape, another conference, another what is this all there is? It's not. It is not all there is. No matter how much you've had, there's more. And I pray that it brings joy to your heart to discover that eternal purpose and eternal life that God has for you. Are you happy now?